the sheer energy you spend trying to control other people because you think that if other people act in a certain way, then you get to feel a certain way. It's so ingrained we don't even realize that we teach each other that other people are responsible for how we feel, and it's the most disempowering thing we can do. Welcome to Is This All There Is, the podcast for high-achieving women who have checked all the boxes and are left feeling overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and stuck. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ryan Fear, and in each episode, we'll use principles of cognitive psychology, feminist theory, and expert mindset coaching to help you build the confidence and clarity you need to accomplish whatever it is you want, even if you don't yet know what that is. Hey, everybody. How is it going? Welcome to Is This All There Is, episode 21. Now, if you're a client of mine or a former client of mine, you already know this, but for those of you who don't, I like to start off every coaching session with a celebration. So I have the client tell me something that has gone well in the past week since I have seen them last. And this could be something big. It could be something tiny, just something that's going well in their lives because we have a tendency to look for what is going horribly wrong in our lives that's what our brains are designed to do. That's part of what keeps us alive is scanning for what's wrong in any given scenario. So we have to purposefully train our brains for what is going right. So what are you celebrating this week? Let me know. Drop me a comment. Send me an email. Reach out. I want to hear from you all. I am celebrating over a thousand downloads of this podcast, which I'm super excited about. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And if you haven't already, please hop on to iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to this podcast and leave me a review. I would love to hear from you. Also, send any episodes that you have found helpful onto friends because I would love this podcast to get into more ears, more brains. I would like to help more people. So, Reach out, let me know how you're doing, let me know what you're celebrating, and leave a review for the podcast, send it to a friend. Let's all help each other out. So this week's topic is all about other people's emotions. So I was trying to think about what to talk about this week, and I have I have a list of topics that I want to cover at some point, but there tend to be themes in my coaching for the week. And it's really interesting because it's not anything that I bring up necessarily, but there tend to be themes among my clients who don't talk to each other, don't know each other, but they come to me for coaching on really similar topics each week, which is super fascinating to me. And this week's topic was how do I not take on other people's emotions. So when somebody else around you has usually a negative emotion, those are the ones that we're trying to avoid, right? (laughs) Even though I'll say once, I'll say it a million times, there's nothing wrong with negative emotions. You're not supposed to be happy and joyful all the time. But the challenge is when someone else is experiencing a negative emotion, How do we not take that on? 
So a lot of women believe that they are empaths. They believe that they're particularly sensitive to other people's emotions. And while I do believe that there are empaths in the world, I also think that being socialized in a woman, socialized in a woman, socialized as a woman tends to make us more empathic than not. And the reason for that is people who are socialized as women are taught that we're responsible for everybody else's emotions. People say things to us like, Now, how do you think you made so-and-so feel when you did that thing? Or I can't think of another example right now, but the idea that we need to make sure that everybody is happy and cared for and feeling content, the idea that that is our responsibility as women is fully ingrained in our brains. And so no wonder when someone around us is experiencing an uncomfortable emotion, our first instinct is to fix it. Now, this can be a trauma response too. So if you have trauma in your life, perhaps while you were growing up, if your caregivers didn't do a very good job of managing their own emotions, children tend to take on responsibilities that aren't their own. So kids tend to see the world through the lens of, this is my fault. And so if you grew up with a caregiver who was an alcoholic or was emotionally withdrawn or had angry outbursts or all of the above, you probably took on responsibility for those emotions. Like, don't make dad angry. He's in a mood. So Being socialized as a woman, and especially if you've had a background of trauma, it's no wonder that you take on other people's emotions. You take on responsibility for other people's emotions. So I noticed this early on in my relationship with my husband, where if he was in a bad mood, I immediately would think, like, what is it that I've done? Is he mad at me? Is it something that I said? Is it something that I did? And it took me a while to realize that he got to have his own emotions. And more often than not, they had nothing to do with me. But he would be in a bad mood. I would be in a bad mood. (laughs) And then he would be in a bad mood because I was in a bad mood. And it just was not a good scene. And over time, and with both therapy and coaching, I learned to not take on his emotions. So one of my clients came to the session, came to our session this week, and she asked that specific question, how do I not take on other people's emotions? And she gave the example, she is in sales, And she gave the example of a particular client that she was working with that she's known for a long time who was really angry about something. And she was able really mentally to be able to understand why they were angry, but still their anger was really upsetting to her and she was having a hard time not taking that on. And it's... If you notice yourself taking on other people's emotions and really feeling, either feeling their emotions for them or wanting to rush in and fix their emotions so they aren't feeling 
the uncomfortable emotion, it's really likely that you're taking on other people's feelings because you think you're responsible for them. So she told me the whole scenario, and I reminded her of the idea of facts versus stories. So I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but if you're just joining us, the idea of facts versus stories is that for any given scenario, there are the facts. So facts are direct quotes from people. They are numbers. They are pictures. (laughs) If you showed a room full of people the facts, they would all say, yes, that's the fact. Facts are completely objective. There's no emotion with facts. We don't start feeling an emotion until we tell ourselves a story about the facts. So the clients were angry about something that had happened, and I asked her, what's the story you're telling yourself about this? And specifically, since we tend to make things about us, I asked her, what are you making that mean? What are you making their anger mean about you? And what she came to realize is the reason she was upset was not because they were angry. It was because she believed it was her fault. They should not be angry because I should have done something differently in the past that would have had a different outcome. Well, that's tricky, right? Because we can't control other people's emotions. We think we can. We think that we can manipulate what we do or what we say so that other people will think and feel a certain way, but we can't actually do that. We can't control other people's emotions. We can't process their emotions for them. We can't fix their emotions. So let's go back a little bit. Where do emotions come from? They don't come from other people. They don't come from circumstances. They don't come from what happens in our lives. They come from our thoughts. Therefore, if our thoughts create our feelings, Other people's emotions don't come from us, but come from their thoughts. Emotions aren't something that just happened to us. We create them with our thoughts. Even if we aren't aware of the thought causing them, feelings always follow thoughts. So I want to introduce a concept that was really helpful for me and also has helped clients to separate themselves from other people's emotions. And that concept is the idea of emotional childhood versus emotional adulthood. So emotional childhood is when we don't take responsibility for how we feel. We're responsible for how we feel in every moment. We're in charge of how we think, and we're in charge of how we feel. But when we're functioning as emotional children, we're blaming other people for how we feel, for how we act, and for the results we get in our life. Now, just because the term is emotional childhood, that doesn't mean that once you become an adult, suddenly you're an emotional adult. In fact, I would say like 98% of adults are still in emotional childhood. That's because nobody teaches you this. There's no class offered in college or in high school that says, okay, you're 18, it's time for you to be an emotional adult. 
So now that you're an adult, you have the brain processes to be able to understand what you're thinking. You can start thinking about your thinking, and therefore you can decide what to think and what to feel in any given moment, no matter what anyone else does in your life. As children, we don't have this ability. In fact, we think that whatever is going on in our life is causing our feelings, and that gets reinforced by how we're raised. So how many times have you heard from someone when you were a kid, a teacher or a parent or a caregiver? Now, you really hurt her feelings. You need to say you're sorry for hurting her feelings. And, oh, when he did that, did that hurt your feelings? You know, when you do that, that's really mean and makes him feel this way. So we reinforce that with our language. It's so ingrained we don't even realize that we teach each other that other people are responsible for how we feel, and it's the most disempowering thing we can do, not only to our children, but especially to ourselves as adults. Children don't have the capacity to make that distinction, and there really are so many emotional children functioning as adults that it's perpetuated all the way into adulthood. And the problem with it is that it is the most disempowering thing we can do to keep ourselves in a place of emotional childhood and blame. I've had to be really aware of this with my own daughter when she would come home from school upset about something that happened. I have to be really careful to not say things like, oh, well, and -and so-and-so did that. How did that make you feel? Because it's not other people's actions that cause our feelings. It's our thoughts about them. And so I very consciously say things like, what did you think when so-and-so did that? How did thinking that way make you feel? To teach her that she's not a victim of what other people do and to teach her that other people are not in charge of her feelings. She gets to choose her thoughts and her feelings, which is so empowering. Otherwise, we get into this blame game, right? We blame the government. We blame the economy. We blame our bosses. We blame other people. We blame our partners. We blame our mothers. We blame our fathers. So we blame everyone for how we feel and why we're doing what we're doing and the results that we're getting. So emotional adulthood, on the other hand, is when we decide to take full responsibility for every single thing we feel, no matter what someone else does or doesn't do. Now, this isn't easy. This is a huge challenge for most of us. We go to the place of really expecting that we'll take control of our thinking, that we'll take control of our feelings, and when we feel a certain way, we say we don't want to be feeling, we don't blame someone else. Being an emotional adult is amazing, even if it is hard. Most of my clients come to me feeling like victims, feeling at the mercy of someone else in their life. For example, they'll come to me and they'll be trying to raise a child with their ex-husband or ex-wife, and they'll go on and on and on about how that person is making them feel frustrated, they're making them feel disappointed, they're making them feel sad and frustrated and all these different emotions. And what I'll say to them is, look at how much power you're giving this person over your emotional life. And of all of the people in the world you want to give power to, do you really want to give it to this person? The truth of the matter is that you're an adult and you're responsible for everything that you feel. Your ex-husband's actions don't determine how you feel, you do. And in fact, when you blame your ex-husband for how you're feeling, Notice that it's usually a feeling that fuels an action that you don't even want to be taking. 
Emotional childhood looks like us having temper tantrums and rage fits and yelling and screaming at each other. It puts us in a place where we don't feel like we have control over ourselves as adults, and therefore we start acting like serious toddlers. I've done this a lot in my own life. I catch myself acting like a whining, screaming toddler because I'm not taking responsibility. I'm blaming someone else for how I feel instead of truly taking responsibility for every emotion that I have. When I remember to be in emotional adulthood and take responsibility for how I feel, and I make choices for how I want to feel, I end up so much more empowered, and I get to be more of the person I want to be instead of being in this default emotional childhood reactive space. I see that with a lot of my clients and how they just completely abdicate responsibility, not just for their feelings, but for their results, for their life. And they let someone else take care of those things in a way that doesn't feel good to them. Now, there are many ways to be an emotional adult and share responsibilities and still do fun stuff. I'm not talking about being serious all the time and, yeah, being super inflexible and rigid. I'm talking about when you're in a place of disempowerment. You're in a place where you don't, where you feel like you don't have control over your emotional life and you give that responsibility to someone else. Now, let's say I give my emotional life over to my husband and I tell him, you're responsible for making me happy or you're responsible for when I'm frustrated and you're responsible for when I'm sad and you're responsible. Everything you do causes an emotion in me. You can see how when I'm in that space, I'm going to be constantly trying to control him right? I'm going to be constantly trying to tell him what to do and how to do it, and I'm going to be mad when he doesn't do it, and my emotions are going to be all over the place because I'm trying to control his actions, because he's the pawn in my emotional chessboard. Whatever he does is going to determine how I feel. I see this with all of you quite a bit of just the sheer energy you spend trying to control other people Because you think that if other people act in a certain way, then you get to feel a certain way. So we spend all of this time trying to manipulate other people, and we can't do that because other people are in charge of themselves, but we spend all this time trying to control their actions because we think if they act a certain way, then we get to feel a certain way. And that's a really disempowered place to be. It's really hard because you can't control other people. They don't really like it when you try. (laughs) So in psychology, there's a lot of talk about relationships and meeting each other's needs. And I think that really confuses us because that puts us back in emotional childhood. You're responsible for your own needs and your partner or your boss or your kids or whomever else are responsible for their own needs. I mean, that gets a little tricky when you start talking about kids because they don't have the mental capacity to manage their own emotions most of the time. But you're not in charge of anybody else's emotions or anybody else's needs. If I go to my husband and I say, here are my needs and you need to meet them, it's almost like I'm a dependent child. My needs are that you do this, this, and this in order for me to be happy. If he in turn tells me what his needs are for me to make him happy, then we have to put each other's happiness in each other's hands. 
And that's not a good place for it because most people can't even make themselves happy, let alone try to make someone else happy. Most people don't want to spend all their time and energy trying to make you happy because they're trying to manage their own emotional life. So delegating that responsibility to even someone you love can affect that relationship in a really deep and painful way. The best relationships are when two people come together and say, I'm going to meet my needs, you meet your needs, and then we can just come together and have a really good time. My expectations of you are not to manage my emotional life because I have a hard enough time doing that myself. I don't know how I could expect you to do it. Emotional adulthood is I'm responsible for my happiness, and I'm also responsible for my unhappiness. And I'm responsible for when my feelings get hurt, and I'm responsible for my thoughts, my feelings, and my actions. Now, you're probably wondering, like a lot of people are, if you're only responsible for how you feel, then won't you just surrender responsibility for how you treat other people? And I would actually say the opposite is true. When you're acting from a place of emotional adulthood, you don't act in a way that's mean to other people. You don't act in a way that's cruel because you're reacting from a place of trying to get them to behave in a way so you can feel better. Usually when we throw temper tantrums, when we yell at people, when we're mean, it's because we're trying to control them. We're trying to get them to behave in a way so we'll feel better. And that's never going to work and it's only going to cause tension and pain in the relationship. Emotional adulthood is Listen, you get to behave however you want, and I get to behave however I want, and I'm responsible for all of my actions, and I'm responsible for all of my feelings. If you're not a jerk before you start taking responsibility for your thoughts and feelings, you're not going to become a jerk after you take responsibility for your thoughts and feelings. That doesn't mean that you're always going to do everything perfectly. And it doesn't mean that you don't apologize, and it doesn't mean that you don't take responsibility for how you treat other people. Just because you know you're not responsible for how they feel, you're still responsible for how you behave. That's really important because you need to decide who you want to be in the world and how you want to act in the world. You need to decide how you want to show up. People who are functioning from emotional childhood and taking responsibility for their feelings tend to apologize a lot more because they own up to how they're acting. They don't say, oh, the reason I acted this way is because you were like this. That's the opposite of taking responsibility for how you think, feel, and behave. Now, the other thing that's really important when you're learning this process of becoming an emotional adult is the point of it is not to start blaming yourself for any thoughts or feelings or actions you're not liking. If I'm constantly blaming someone else for how I feel and surrendering responsibility for that when I blame someone else, my tendency is maybe to turn that blame on myself and go, oh my God, so this whole time I've been the one. I'm such a horrible person. That's not the intention of this process. The intention is to say, oh, so if I feel this way, it's because of the way I'm thinking. If I'm acting this way, it's because of the way I'm thinking. And I can be curious and fascinated about that, and I can treat myself with kindness and compassion instead of beating myself up for it. Because now I know that I can change. When we're functioning from emotional childhood, we usually take action that we end up regretting. And then we feel so bad about it that we abdicate responsibility for it. Emotional adulthood is taking responsibility for how we feel, so our incidences of showing up in a way we don't want to show up are reduced. 
But when they are, we own them completely and we say, hey, I just want to let you know that's on me. I did that. That fit I had was totally because I was lost in my own brain. The reason I lied about that was because I wasn't taking responsibility and I was trying to hide. So that's a really powerful, wonderful place to reside in a place where you have complete power over your life. I think emotional adulthood sounds like it's something that won't be fun and exciting, like being a child is so much better, but it really isn't true. Being dependent on anyone else when you don't need to be as an adult is actually the most disempowering thing you can do. What I want to encourage you to do is explore this in your own life. Think about some examples of where you're acting like an emotional child. Where are you blaming other people or blaming circumstances in your life? Where are you not taking responsibility? Yes, being an adult does require more effort. It does require a lot more responsibility, but any of us who are adults know that it's worth it. It's worth it to take that step into managing ourselves and managing our thinking so we aren't dependent on other people for how we think, feel, act, or ultimately get the results we get in our lives. Look in your life where you're being an emotional child. How can you take more responsibility? How can you stop blaming? And if you did, ultimately, how would that change the results you're getting in your life? Because at the end of the day, we have so much more power over our own thinking than we have over other people. So if this work interests you and you would like to learn more about how to manage your thinking and feeling and your actions and results in order to get more out of life that you want and less of what you don't, if you're ready to get out of emotional childhood and take the step into emotional adulthood, you really need to join the Mindset Gym. It's my six-week online program with lessons to help you learn how to manage your thinking, process your feelings, take action on purpose towards what you want in order to get the results that you want in life. It's all about stepping into that personal responsibility and into a place of power rather than being disempowered and feeling like the world is something that happens to you. You can join the Mindset Gym from the link below. And as always, thank you for listening to Is This All There Is? It would be incredibly awesome if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes, forward this episode to a friend if you found it helpful, and generally help spread the word. All right, take care. If you found this podcast helpful, head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Go ahead and send it to a friend while you're at it. Thank you. My mission in life is to liberate women from the limiting beliefs that are holding them back from living their fullest, most joyful lives. If you'd like to learn more about my work, check out my website at www.amandaryanfear.com where you can find links to join my free private Facebook group and to learn more about working with me.